My mom died last week. Even at this age, it feels really strange to know that my mom is no longer here in this dimension. My sister Anne was with me when my mom passed, and I jokingly told her that we were the angels of death, as we seemed to be together with our family members when they take their last breaths. When I gave us this moniker, she said, Oh, Marie, no. But I told her we're the angels of death in a good way, because it's actually quite an honor to be with someone when they take their last breath here and transition to the next place. There's a beauty to it, despite the sadness. My reaction to her death has not been what I expected. Where's the flood of tears and the inconsolable grief? Sure, I've cried, and I feel a bit adrift, and honestly, I I did really cry quite a bit when I wrote this today. But the world is a different place without my mom in it. But rather, I found that I couldn't sleep for four nights. Basically, I sat on the couch and binge-watched Mad Men, ate junk food, and processed. Some of what I was processing was loss. Some was anger or resentment from old things unsettled. Face it, mother-daughter relationships are complicated. Some was sadness of missed opportunities to ask her about things that I'll now never know the answers to. Or will I? My mother was a first-generation Italian, raised in a somewhat traditional, yet non-traditional home. By traditional, I mean that the extended family lived together. They spoke Italian in the household. They cooked a lot. They ate a lot. And my mother always felt that a woman needed to have a man to protect her. She was not a risk-taker in the traditional sense of the word by any stretch of the imagination. By non-traditional, I mean that my grandmother, my mom's mom, was quite an independent lady within the confines of living under the same roof as her father and various relatives who were still able to dictate what she did and didn't do. With that being said, she definitely didn't fit the mold of a woman from her generation. She graduated from the Massachusetts School of Pharmacology in 1932. Think about that. She must have been one of, if not the first woman to do that. She also studied at the New England Conservatory of Music. And I've been told, although I was not there to witness it, that while there, she fell in love with a trumpet player. Or maybe it was a saxophone player, but he played a horn. Her father refused to let her marry him. And as a good Italian daughter, she didn't. He later turned out to be quite a well-known musician. Instead, she married my grandfather, who I guess her father approved of. It seems that this was not a match made in heaven, although it did produce four children, as my grandfather went back to Italy when my mother was seven and never came back. My grandmother worked as a pharmacist in the family pharmacy in the north end of Boston. Apparently, at least from what my mother has told me, she wasn't devastated, to say the least, when my grandfather left. I guess that was how a couple of good Italian Catholics got a divorce back then. My mother also studied at the New England Conservatory of Music. She was an opera singer. And what I realized as I got older and found my own appreciation of opera was that she had a beautiful voice. I remember as a little girl, she would do the housework and sing arias. At the time, I didn't appreciate her talent because it wasn't rock and roll. What I realized as an adult was that she had had a huge talent and actually still had a huge talent. She loved music. It was her passion. And unfortunately, due to the timing of events in the world and the times that she lived in, she was never able to realize it. 
My mother was given a scholarship to study opera at the University of Naples in Italy. She was all set to go when World War II broke out and was not able to go. Instead, she got engaged to a young man named Jim, her first love, who was killed when his ship was torpedoed. Years later, when my father came back from the war after being in a Nazi POW camp enlisted as MIA, he and my mother met and got married. My dad was 18 years older than my mom, and they were direct opposites in a lot of ways, other than the first-generation Italian thing. They made the best of it for 27 years and five children before divorcing when I was 10. My mom and I moved to Maine, and she married my stepfather, who really was the love of her life. My mom and I were close. However, I never thought we had much in common, other than the mother-daughter thing. I was always a bit of an outlier, probably because I was almost in a different generation than most of my siblings and not planned, although well-loved. For most of my life, I tried to be the direct opposite of my mother in terms of independence and risk-taking. There were many conversations when we would say, mostly good-naturedly, how did I get you for a daughter? Or, are you sure I'm not adopted? Every now and then, though, there were those nuggets of hidden commonality like the time she told me that even though I wasn't like her, I was like her mother, and that my grandmother would have loved Daughters of Change and wouldn't have believed that women would ever be able to do things like this one day. She also told me once, and only once, after I told her how I had short-sheeted a boyfriend's bed and rubbed his toothbrush under the rim of the toilet when I caught him cheating on me, that she wished at times she was more like me. But hey, once is, is better than never, right? She always told me, that I needed to have a man to protect me, that I needed to go to college in case anything happened to my husband, even though I didn't have one at the time. And every time I jetted off to go to another country, she told me that I couldn't go there by myself because there were snakes there and other scary things. And I used to tell her, Mom, there's snakes every place except for Ireland, but and probably Antarctica. However, she also taught me about compassion, to fight for the underdog, and that a person's race or religion didn't matter. She was way ahead of her time on social issues and wrote a mean poison pen letter. She was legendary on that front. Not long ago, in a moment of clarity from her dementia, she told me that she married my father because he was older and she thought he would take care of her and let her study opera and sing. There was such longing and sadness when she told me that story. It made me understand her a little better. Just before she started to go downhill about three and a half years ago, I asked her to write something I could put on my Daughters of Change blog. Something about her views on women from the eyes of an almost 91-year-old. I put it aside after she wrote it, and I forgot all about it until I went to look for some paperwork after she died last week. It's like she was holding it there for me until I would really need it. Her voice in my ear to remind me that maybe, just maybe, we were and are a lot more alike than either one of us admitted. So in honor of my mom, Irma Ann, Cartilicchio. I would like to read it to you now. Women have been subjugated to the indiscriminate behavior of men who regard them only as things rather than human beings. They have been kept in the background with no voice in society, politics, religion, or even control over their own bodies. They have been and still are reduced to slavery, denied education, beaten, stoned, and raped as a form of physical and sexual punishment from those men seeking dominance. Women are yelled at 
and endure insults from the holier-than-thous who delude themselves into believing that they are the emissaries of Christ and capable of passing judgment, although they have no pertinent knowledge of the Lord's mercy. To put oneself up as a judge or to direct a verdict against any other human being from the hyperbole of propaganda is the basest form of moral hypocrisy. Looking back at the treatment of women 75 to 80 years ago, I realized that back then, with no media, such as TV or journalists who exaggerated incidents to incite the public, little was known of women's plights. Occasionally, one would hear of a domestic abuse problem, but never to any great extent, usually from gossip in one's neighborhood. Women, like children, could be seen but not heard. There was not the constant immigration from other countries as we see today, so that we were not aware of the hideous practices perpetrated upon thousands of downtrodden women elsewhere. It is shocking to realize the dispassionate attitude towards so many unfortunate women of all ages everywhere, including here. Women should be accorded every respect simply for bringing forth the future humans, something no man can do alone. To place any person in a specific lowly position is not what our Lord intended. It's what the insecure, unintelligent of the populace believes. As a supposedly united country, we had better start learning less racist drivel than espousing all the illogical practices, propaganda, and distorted political views of so many educated fools. R.I.P. Daughter of Change Irma Ann Cardalicchio, February 7, 1925 to November 16, 2019.